0: Hey, sis. So before we get into today's episode, I just want to share some things that are coming up really soon. The month of September is going to be busy, but I have some treats for you guys. So you know, October 1st, I will be releasing my first book, Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Purpose, a 365-day devotional. You guys, I'm so excited about it. And in honor of that, The whole month of September, I will be reading excerpts from the book on the podcast. Yes. So I am going to be reading some excerpts, uh, like just a devotional a day every Monday and Wednesday in the month of September. And so you are going to get exclusive content from the book because you are a podcast listener. Okay. So be on the lookout every Monday and Wednesday, and I'm going to share more details with you about where you can actually get your copy of the book. I'm so excited, you guys. I can't believe this time is actually here. So every Monday and Wednesday. Don't forget, mini sods, yes, and also in the month of September, it is Suicide Awareness Prevention Month, and I am a mental health professional, so I do want to highlight that topic. I have two bonus episodes in the month of September, possibly three, but right now, for sure, we have two bonus episodes to highlight the topic for suicide awareness and suicide prevention, okay? So those will be bonus episodes that will be airing in the month of September, so you guys, you are going to get so much content. You're going to be able to soak up so much information because you're going to get your regular Tuesday episodes. Monday and Wednesday, you'll get mini solds from the book. And also on two of the Thursdays out of this month, you will get bonus episodes at least two Thursdays, okay? So guys, I cannot wait. I'm so excited and I hope you're pumped too. All right, let's get into today's episode today on goodbye heartbreak hello purpose that can't be the goal you can't everything you do can't be to attract a man everything that you do can't be to find your husband to find your boaz because the harder you look for him the further away he probably gonna be hey sis welcome to the goodbye heartbreak hello purpose podcast the place where you learn how to move forward from heartbreak and achieve wholeness through emotional healing, spiritual growth, uncovering identity and behavior patterns, and saying yes to the calling God placed in your life. I'm your host, Candace Fatties, and I know what it's like to be heartbroken and confused about who you are and what God created you to do. But I also know what it's like to be healed and whole with clarity. If you're ready to have your broken heart mended, grow your faith, and discover who you are, why you do what you do, and what you were created to do look no further. You're definitely in the right place. So kick off those cute shoes that's been hurting your feet all day and turn me up in those earbuds. We're about to get into it. Hey sis, welcome to another episode. I'm so excited that you are here on today. Y'all, I cannot wait to start talking about this topic for today. If you read The title, you might get a little kick out of it. I don't know how this is going to go, but if it's anything like it was when the Lord was downloaded in my spirit. So let me just give you a little backstory. Well, Okay, before the backstory, let's take care of housekeeping. I just want to get into this so bad because it was so funny to me. So, of course, sis... (laughs) You know, if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, I need you to pause and go hit the subscribe button and also leave your five-star written review while you are there and you could get your shout out like I'm about to give right now. This one comes from iRuby and the title is so enlightening. She gave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and it reads, this podcast was so enlightening and refreshing. It's so good to hear the speaker's transparency and vulnerability through her testimony, which allows the audience to connect on a personal level. Kudos. Thank you so much, iRuby, for this five-star written review. I appreciate your kudos, girl. I can use all the encouragement that I can get in this season. So thank you so much and keep tuning in. So today's topic, I was just about to give y'all a little backstory before we did that. So you're going to be listening to this probably on Tuesday when it's first published or Wednesday, the next day. That's what I'm going to go with. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Um, <laughs> but I am actually recording. It is Friday night. It is a Friday night at like, it's after 11 o'clock y'all. My kids are sleeping. I should be sleeping. <laughs> but I was in the shower and the Lord was just downloading this in my spirit. I don't even know where it came from. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't know where this idea even came from about finding boaz, finding your boaz. And when he started and I just started talking in the shower and I was like, God, wish I had my mic. And I was just cracking myself up with this conversation because it was just uh In the moment, you know, it felt really light, but you know, we all, we, I'm not gonna say we all, right? But I have definitely, and I've heard so many women, I've heard people teaching about it, I've heard a lot of things about where's my Boaz, where is my Boaz, and it's like one day, it's like one day somebody did a study or something, and Come to find out there's this man in the Bible named Boaz who found Ruth and everything they lived happily ever after the end. And I don't know if everybody knows the whole story behind Ruth and Boaz. All they know is that Boaz married Ruth and she lived happily ever after. So I just kind of want to dig into this a little bit today. And just kind of give you some biblical truths. It might be a little funny. I may be, I'm sorry, y'all, if I'm laughing through this. And if if it's not funny to you, I am so sorry. But um, I know there's a lot of, like in all realness, there are women out there who want to know, like, where's my Boaz? Where's my husband? And so I have some tips from Ruth. And y'all, if y'all have not read the book of Ruth, go ahead and read it. It's only four chapters. It's so short. Take some time over a few days and read it or maybe even a week or so and read the book of Ruth so you can have all the facts and all the content because when I say I'm going to be paraphrasing this thing, I am going to be paraphrasing up and down this thing and using my imagination too. I'm going to try to decipher for y'all what's what. But I have the tips of how Ruth found her Boaz, so to speak, to give y'all some tips if that is what you are looking for. But, spoiler right here, spoiler right here. That shouldn't be your focuses. Ooh, what? Yeah. Finding your Boaz should never be the goal. It's not the goal. It's not the goal in life. I know you want it. I know you want it so bad, but it's not till you let it go that you gonna get it. <laughs> so that is that is definitely something I have learned. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. But I still got tips for you. So keep listening. So um just a little backstory on Ruth. Um, Ruth was, so this is Old Testament. And I as I was talking in the shower, I was like, you know, she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't. I was like, Christian, grand Christian. Then Jesus hadn't even come yet. And so she was not of She was not an Israelite. There we go. She was not an Israelite, but her husband was. And so what happened was that Naomi, who is her mother-in-law, you may have heard her name, their whole family up and moved. Naomi, her husband, oh God, how do you pronounce it? Elimelech, I think is his name. Um, So Elimelech, Naomi, and their two sons leave Bethlehem and they go to Moab because there's a famine in their uh, town where they live. So they go there seeking refuge and, you know, food and everything for their family during this famine. And while they're there, their two sons marry two Moabite women, which is um, Ruth and Orpah. And when the famine is over, they all go back to Bethlehem. And when they get there, I'm sorry, Lord, help me rewind. That is not what happened, okay? So while they are in Moab, um, I hope I'm saying it right. Limelech and the two sons, uh, do do not ask me to say their names. Um, (laughs) Limelech and the two sons all die while they are in Moab. And then when Naomi gets word that the famine is over in Bethlehem, she takes Ruth, which is the only daughter-in-law who stayed because she told both of them to leave. Orpah was like, peace out, see you later, I'm going back home, but Naomi, I mean, um, Ruth decided that she was not leaving Naomi, that she would go where she goes, and live where she lives, and her people would be her people, and that Naomi's God would be Ruth's God, like she had declared it, so when the famine was over, she went back to Bethlehem, and she took Ruth with her, So, and and that's kind of where we're going to pick up at, right, right there. That's the backstory on how Ruth ended up somewhere where she, like, it wasn't her place of origin. It wasn't even her blood relatives that she was with. Like, she was just out there. So let's get into these tips, right? Because that has all the things to do with how Ruth found her Boaz, right? The Boaz. So, Number one is Ruth surrendered. Okay, so what do I mean by this? She was, this is not, oh, I'm surrendering my desire for a husband, blah, blah, blah. No, it have nothing to do with that. When I say Ruth surrendered, Ruth, again, was a Moabite woman. Okay, she was not an Israelite. So she did not know God, not our God. She had little G gods that she was serving. That's what they did in the land where she lived. So Ruth when she told Naomi, when Naomi tried to get her to leave and go back to, um, with her family, Ruth was like, no, I'm not going back. I'm staying with you and your people will be my people and where you live, I will live and where you go, I will go and your God will be my God. That last piece right there, your God will be my God. Ruth was surrendering in that moment now did Ruth know what she was surrendering to not really sure I don't know how long she was married to uh the the son before they died I don't know how long they had lived in Moab and you know how long she was under the teachings you know the husbands normally would teach um you know religion and the religious law and all that stuff to their families. So I don't know how much of that she got while they were still alive, but she decided something in her drew her to Naomi and she was like, Your God is going to be my God. So that in essence is like the Old Testament way for her to, you know, be like how we would say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> that was her surrendering in that moment. And so I would like to think that things started happening for Ruth in that moment, like her destiny was like aligning for her as she was like, I'm serving the one and only true and living God. All right. So number one, she surrendered. And so what I'm saying to you is, have you surrendered your life? Are you saved? Number one, let's start there. Because I think this uh, <laughs> this episode title might draw in some unbelievers. And so, and I would love to have you. Let me start there. If you are not a believer, believer if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, stick with us, girl. You'll get there. I promise. <laughs> um, but have you surrendered your life? In the simplest form, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And a lot of times we accept him as Savior, but we don't always accept him as Lord. And so in this day and age, you know, we are, you know, it's not just I I believe in God and I serve God, but it's, you know, I am accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm living a life that patterns Jesus's life when he was here on earth. I'm living to be the righteousness of God. I'm living with the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me like before Christ and after are two totally different like <laughs> walks. And so surrendering looks a little different and this time a lot different. So have you surrendered your life? Have you not just accepted Jesus as your savior, but have you accepted him as your Lord? And Lord meaning is like he lords over you. You are allowing him control over your life. Okay? So have you done that? Are you allowing him to direct your steps and direct your path? Are you allowing him to work on you? Are you being obedient? Are you saying yes to what he's asking you to do? Are you saying no to the things he's telling you to walk away from? So have you surrendered? That's your first question you have to ask yourself. And if not, you got some work to do, sis. You got some work to do. Number two, Ruth was not looking for a man when she met moab moab when she met boaz ruth did not say i'm going out here so ruth was going look how, okay boaz had boaz was a wealthy man okay he had land he had a field where people were going harvest barley wheat and it was the season for it and for the harvest and so Ruth told her mother-in-law I'm gonna go out and get us some barley whatever whatever so she goes out she ends up in Boaz's field Boaz notices her but she did not go out there for the purpose of finding a man she went out there to get some food for her and her mother-in-law and that is it so she was not out there putting, you know, she wasn't putting herself out there in a sense of trying to attract a mate to her. That was not her purpose. That was not her goal. Again, I just said this a little while ago, that can't be the goal. You can't, everything you do can't be to attract a man. Everything that you do can't be to find your husband, to find your Boaz, because the harder you look for him, the further away he probably going to be. You're not going to find him, sis, with your naked eye. This is not something that you are going to put together. You're going to have to surrender this thing. You have to surrender your life. And you're going to have to just go on this road and trust God with it. Okay? So stop looking so hard. <laughs> stop looking so hard. Stop putting yourself out there. Stop dressing a certain way. Stop showing all the skin. Trust me, been there. Oh, girl, did I show the skin back in the day? Did I show the skin? Child, I showed the skin. But Ruth wasn't out there saying, let me raise up my robe or my cloak or whatever it is they wore back then. Let me let me put a little shoulder out. Let me do this. Let me do that. No, Ruth was like, I'm out here for one thing. I'm trying to get some food. I'm not out here looking for no man. Uh -uh. No, she wasn't out there for that. So the second point is, you know, stop looking so hard. Okay, (laughs) because I learned that too. When you stop looking so hard and you just trust God and you live your life the way God tells you to, it'll all come. It'll come. Number three, Ruth was working on her assignment. So as I just said, Ruth was going to get food for her and her mother-in-law. Ruth may not have known this was her assignment in this season, but truly her assignment was taking care of her mother-in-law during that time. I believe and this is just my belief, that God knew that Naomi needed somebody to stay with her. She wanted to isolate herself. She was heartbroken and bitter and she didn't want nobody around. And Ruth was like, no, may God deal with with me so severely if I leave you. (laughs) Like if anything separates us, like, no, I'm not leaving you. And I'm like, what kind of, like, I still don't understand because the Bible don't tell you all that, but like, why? Why did she want to stay like did she not want to go back home was she didn't didn't like what was waiting for her at home so she's like no nah, I'm not going back or did she grow just that close to Naomi while she was married to her son I don't know or was it that she just felt this need this tug this pull as we have the holy spirit now the tugging and the pulling to stay with Naomi and take care of her but in that season That was Ruth's assignment. So they didn't have any covering. They didn't have a man. All the men in their lives had died. So they didn't have anybody to provide for them, to care for them. They didn't have these things. So it was up to them to go out and get food for themselves. And, you know, now, you know, of course, normally the men would go out and get the food and the women would come home and cook it up. But they had to do both. You know, so Naomi's like, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna sit, and Naomi stayed out all day long, and she was, you know, she kind of just watched that first, and she was really kind, kind of, you know. Not sneaking because I think, you know, she knew the people saw her there, but she was like, I'm not going to get in their way. These other women are picking the wheat. I'm just going when they finish, whatever's left, I'll just pick that up and bring it home. So she so she was on assignment and she was fulfilling her assignment. And y'all, there's a here's the thing about the assignment for that season. It was not anything glamorous. It was not putting her in front of a stage it wasn't going to have everybody looking at her. It wasn't going to be her dressed to the nigh with all the makeup on, looking her looking the best and got the cutest outfit on, you know, all these things. She had no extensions. And, like, well, she had time for that because the assignment that she had was something, it was humbling. And there was, um, there's a scripture, it says, uh, do not despise the the day of small beginnings or humbling beginnings or something like that. But this was an assignment for that season. Now, we know, you know, if you know the book of Ruth, if you know Ruth's story, you know that she had a much greater assignment later. But in the beginning, her assignment was small. Go get wheat, <laughs> you know, take care of your mother-in-law, you know, and that is what she did. So she was on assignment and... Um, my point is to you is whatever your assignment is in this season, focus on that. That's where Ruth was focused. Her focus was on getting this wheat. <laughs> that was it. So whatever your assignment is and whether, like I said, whether everybody wants to do what they see um, the rich and famous is doing, but if your assignment is not that, then Don't despise it. You know, if your assignment is something small, don't turn your nose up at it. Like whatever it is God wants you to do in this season, that's what you do. You looking for your Boaz. Well, guess what? Your Boaz might notice you putting food on a plate in a homeless shelter. Your Boaz might notice you at a boys and girls club mentoring younger kids. Your Boaz might notice you scrubbing toilets at the church. Who knows? <laughs> but whatever your assignment is, you know, you have to do that because you'll find the thing that you are so desperately looking for in the daytime with a flashlight. Sometimes they notice you. You don't. Most times they notice you. You don't even get to pick them. They pick you. They won't see you. <laughs> so Boaz noticed Ruth while she was in the field, and he was asking the people, like, who is that? Who's this young lady? I've never seen her before. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know this, but Boaz, so were y'all like, oh, I want my Boaz, I want my Boaz. Boaz was not this image that you have in your head. Boaz was not this Young, fine, strapping young man. Okay, he was not. In fact, if you read through the Book of Ruth, he say, "Oh, you didn't go for the <laughs> for the younger man, rather rich or poor, blah blah blah." He kind of says that, and he calls her daughter a couple of times when he speaks to her. So before anything happens between them, like when he's speaking to her, he's like, oh, my daughter, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, Boaz was an older gentleman, okay? He, you know, he he had money, but he was an older gentleman. And so, um, you know, he noticed Ruth indeed, but I'm not sure that it was on his mind that he was trying to get with Ruth I don't think it was on Ruth, mine, as you was trying to get with Boaz. Like, I really don't think when they first saw each other that that was the intent behind um, what ultimately ended up happening. Like, I don't think that was their initial introduction. I'm going to say that. And their initial thoughts when they first met each other. Okay. But that that was that kind of was a side note. but we we were on the assignment piece. Okay, so let's go on. It says one, two, three, uh, four. Why number four? So Ruth followed wise counsel from an older and wiser woman. So her mother-in- law, gave her some advice when she told her where she had been and she was like, I was at this man named Boaz's field. I worked in his field all day and she came home with like, they said, I can't remember the the word they used, but when I looked it up, they were like, it may equate to something like 30 pounds of wheat. Y'all don't know how much wheat that is. Cause wheat is light. <laughs> it's light. It's light as far as I know. And so, um, and it can't, there was like it may equate to like thirty pounds a week. That's a lot of wheat to bring back in one day. And so, you know, it, the the point was that she had more than enough. Like Naomi probably didn't even expect her to come back with that much wheat. And so she's like, you was at Boaz is a close relative of ours. That's what she tells her. Um, Boaz was related to her husband, um, (laughs) Elimelech. (laughs) Y'all, I surely hope I'm saying that right. But Boaz was related to her. It says relative. It doesn't say whether they were cousins or brothers or anything like that. In fact, I don't think they were brothers because there was somebody who was a closer relative than him when you uh if you read through it so Naomi here sees opportunity right and she had already said that she needed to find Naomi I mean Naomi had already said that she needed to find Ruth a home where she would be well taken care of. Now, I'm only assuming that Naomi is like, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. This girl did left her family and followed me. And, she, you know, I don't have no son. Her husband died. My husband died. Like, there's nobody here to take care of her. And she's in a land where she doesn't know anybody. Like... I don't want to leave, I I just want to make sure she's taken care of. I think, she, you know, there may have been a little guilt or, or something there. And so she had already said, I need to find you a home where you will be well taken care of. So when she tells her about... Boaz, and <laughs> Naomi's listening with her wisdom, and she's like, yeah, he let me pick this much, and he sent me home with this, and da 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 and Naomi's like, oh, yeah, he noticed you, girl. <laughs> yes, indeed, and so Naomi, in her wisdom, um, you know, one, Naomi is older than her. She's lived through some things, and she's had some experiences, and so she has that wisdom on her side, but again, Naomi is an Israelite woman, okay? She is a woman of God. And so she she also has godly wisdom on her side. And so she's like, Grandma, tell you just what you need to do. <laughs> and so Naomi starts putting plans into place. And you know, I imagine, and this is me and all my imagination, right? Ruth is a young woman, but she's not just a young woman. Again, she was a Moabite woman who served other gods. So she's new to this faith. She's new to serving this God. So she needs help in stewarding her life according to what God would want for her. And so she trusted Naomi and her counsel and she went ahead and did what Naomi told her to do. And boy, did it work out for her. (laughs) But, and what I'm saying here is y'all, Make sure those women in the church, y'all, those older women, now I'm not saying all of them. I know you have had some church hurt by some older lady saying something or you felt disrespected, but there is somebody, you got somebody older than you who has wisdom of living, but also has the spirit of God living in them and not just able to give you their advice from what they've experienced, but also you know, being led by the spirit of God. Y'all, let me tell you something. In my single season and even now in my married season, I will call up my first lady in a heartbeat. When I tell you, I'm like, I'm like, what should I do, God? I don't know. And I feel like my emotions are just clouding my judgment too much and And sometimes I'll know what to do and I just need the encouragement to do it or the strength to do it. Or I just need maybe missing a piece or, you know, whatever. I will call her up, especially with these marital problems, child, these issues. (laughs) Y'all think y'all want y'all Boaz and y'all get married. And child, let me tell you, (laughs) that that side of the spectrum, it's hard. Marriage is hard. And just put it like that. And so, you know, I call up for wise counsel because I trust, you know, I've seen her walk. I know that the spirit of God lives in her. She's spoken into my life before and she has definitely been on target. And, you know, and I trust her. And so, you know, she and, and, and the thing about it is, you know, God puts her in my spirit to call. And to be honest with you, by the end of the conversation, I'm like, that is not what I wanted to hear. I don't want to do that. <laughs> She tells me to do things that I do not want to do because it don't feel good to my flesh. But that's the thing. You don't need to hear what you want to hear. You need to hear what you need to hear, what God wants you to hear and what he wants you to do. And so i would be like, oh, that's what mm, you think I should. How, mm, that's not fair. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you just have to roll with it. And so I'm saying this because you find somebody, you know, I do call my mom sometimes. And you know, uh, like, I just I I didn't mention her first, just because, you know, sometimes with family members, you kind of don't want them. I'm not gonna say don't want them in your business. But I, I used to worry that my mom would not be able to be impartial enough because I'm her daughter. She loves me. <laughs> and so, um, and, and you hear the stories about once, you know, if things get back on track with you in your relationship or you and your marriage, that your family may still be holding on to something that you express to them. So I am really careful about Speaking to people that are really, really close relatives, but I have to admit that my mom has proven that she can be very impartial. Not don't don't come against me with no craziness, right? But she can be pretty impartial, and she does not try to skew me one way or the other. And she always encourages me to hold, you know, grab a hold of my faith during during hard times, and you know, to to really lean on God. And so, and it's helpful in those times to have women who are older than you. To help you. So when you are looking for a mate and you maybe you meet somebody, ask them to help you discern. Because maybe you all caught up on cloud nine from the newness of this relationship. But you know, introduce them to somebody from the church and say, you know, and y'all have lunch or whatever. And then ask that lady, you did you get a read on his spirit? <laughs> Did you? What you think? Like, I, I seriously like, and it has to be somebody you value. You know, you don't pick just anybody just because they're older and they've been in a church for a long time. That's not how you pick it. Be very discerning in your spirit, and only you you will know who you can talk to. But be discerning. Maybe it is your mom. Maybe it's an aunt. Maybe it's your grandmother. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's your best friend's mom. You know, you just have to know. Who it is, but there's somebody that you can have help you in this season. So if you're you're um, you meet somebody and you're trying to discern that spirit, don't do it alone. <laughs> don't do it alone. Have somebody else meet them too and kind of go through this process of, of of getting wise counsel from someone that you trust and someone who is God-led and spirit-filled. Okay. The last thing, number five. I think we're number five. Ruth chose Boaz for purpose and not out of her feelings or emotions. This is a very important point and one I think that gets so glossed over. Again, I said, you know, when I really read through Ruth again, like I said, <laughs> I actually sat there after I got out of the shower and hurry up and wrote these notes down before they left me. I sat there and I read, skimmed through um Ruth again, of course, I uh, there were certain parts I, I uh, diligently read through, kind of skimmed through for the gist of the story, just to make sure I was getting things right as I recalled it. But <laughs> that, that part kind of stuck out to me because, I, and that's why I said it earlier, was that, you know, I don't think it was their original intent to get together just because they were, like, just attracted to each other. I think that it was a conscious decision, you know, because Ruth didn't go home and say, oh, my God, I met this guy, Boaz. She was like, no, I was working in Boaz's field, and this is what he did, and blah, blah, blah. And Naomi saw the opportunity for um, for him to be, and I didn't mention that um, in the last point, and I wanted to. Oh, God, what do they call it? Let me see if I can look it up right quick. guardian redeemer so um, Boaz was was what they called a guardian redeemer and basically like these guardian redeemers of the family most of the time that you know they had money and stuff like that and they were they had money and they had influence and so they were able to buy back like they redeemed things and they redeemed people and so they were able to like buy back land that maybe a family member lost or they had to sell because they had um, they didn't have any money or they had gone into debt and so these people like would buy back or whatever but they were also responsible for redeeming um, the lineage if a person in the family died If a person in the family died, you know, there was this whole thing, and I don't know if I can explain it all right, but, you know, like, say there are two brothers, and one of the brothers was married, and he he died, then the other brother was supposed to be the one to come and redeem his brother's lineage by, you know, impregnating his brother's wife, and giving her a son so that their, that his legacy could live on, that his lineage could live on through that first son. And I guess after that, I don't know what happened after that, do they stay together? Do they do? I don't know what happens, but that, so that was how it works. But if there was like, so in their instance and with Ruth and Naomi, uh, Naomi wanted to be able to redeem the lineage and legacy of her husband. And then, you know, because she had her husband and he died, and then his two sons died, and they didn't have any children. So she had nobody to redeem that. And so when she saw this opportunity, right, she was like, Ruth win-win <laughs> she was like you know we could redeem the legacy and lineage of, of of my husband and his his family and also you will be cared for you will have someone to look after you after I'm gone because back in the day girl, them people wasn't marrying for love child They was marrying for protection and provision and you know and most of the time the it's always an older man marrying a younger woman like it's typically not the other way around right so Ruth was happy to yield to Naomi's wisdom in that, right? Because she knew what she was doing. So she she yielded to Naomi in that. And so the last thing, like I said, so Ruth and Boaz, like they got together for purpose and not for love. (laughs) Because let me tell you something love, that emotion of love, and I say emotion of love because that emotion of love is not enough. Okay, when you are in the thick of things, in the trenches of marriage, marriage, yes, can be very beautiful, very enjoyable and all the things. But you have to have that decision of love and not that emotion of love when you get there. And so it's like the decision of love is I'm choosing to love you today, even though you get on my nerves, even though, you know, right now I don't like you, but I'm going to love you (laughs) anyway, because I choose to do that. So what I'm saying, saying about that, I lost my train of thought, is that so they got together for a purpose. They chose to come together. Like Naomi presented this option to Ruth and Ruth said, OK, and she wanted to go along with it. And so she approached Boaz with this information that Naomi had given her. And he's like, yes, you know, I will do that. I will be the redeemer. I will. um, be the guardian. I am a guardian redeemer. I will redeem the family. And then he realized that there was somebody ahead of him in line who was a guardian redeemer for their family. It was two of them. And it was, it it was a closer relative. So he had to check with that person first. And he was like, so, and that's how I know it's like, you know, we're not talking about love here. He said, let me go check with so-and-so and see if he wants to redeem the family. But if he don't, I will. All right. And so, and that's how it happened. And so uh, people act like it was this great love story that they fell in love, and it was so great, and she got her Boaz and lived happily ever after. Now I'm not saying she didn't live happily ever after. I mean, for the goals of what happens, like back in that day, you know, she she made off well. She married a rich man. She got to redeem her her husband's family, and you know, in back in that day. You are seen a certain way when, you know, she had status, basically. And then, not not this part, she ain't know, but (laughs) she was in the, she's in, not was, but she's in the lineage of Jesus. Because Ruth and Boaz gave birth to Obed. If you ever heard about Obed-Edom, who, girl, talk about a man that was blessed in his life and his children. But man, read about Obed-Edom. Obed was the son of Ruth and Boaz and from Obed came Jesse and from Jesse came David who of course is the lineage of Jesus so she they they did what they did but guess what <laughs> they had so much purpose behind what they did and got together that man, like i said jesus the savior of the world came through their obedience through this whole situation so that's my question for you why are you looking for boaz ask yourself this question it's your homework why are you looking for boaz is it so you can be happy is it so you won't be alone is it so you can feel better about yourself What is it that makes you want Boaz, your Boaz? Or is it like it was for Ruth? Do you have purpose? Are you looking to to fulfill something that God has placed inside of you that you're supposed to be working out with somebody else? Because here's the thing also about the purpose piece for Ruth. Ruth didn't start working, carrying out her calling on her life the day she met Boaz. She was already on assignment doing what she was doing. So again, I I, I said that she was taking care of Naomi and she was out there um, picking the wheat. That was her assignment in that season. She wasn't sitting around waiting for Boaz to come around before she started living her life. She was already living her life. She was already doing what the Lord told her to do in that season. So what are you doing in this season? Are you sitting around waiting for Boaz before you think you can get started on purpose and calling? Because you're like, I can't do this by myself. I need a man. No, child, you don't need a man. Because God would not tell you to do something that you needed somebody else to do. So you don't need a man to do something now. So I want want you to really think about why, and I guess we didn't turn serious here, but why do you want your Boaz? Because the the truth of the matter is, there is no man that's going to just make you happy all the time. You got to learn to get your joy from the Lord. You got to learn to encourage yourself. Like all the things that a lot of women, and I'm not saying you, Per se, I'm not saying you specifically, but a lot of women out there are looking for stuff from men that we can only get from God, and that is the hard truth that women have to swallow when they get married because they're unfulfilled in their marriages because they're like, "Well, my husband's not doing this and he's not doing that," but boo, that ain't his job. <laughs> that ain't his job. So that's something you really have to look at. So I, I hope you, <laughs> I hope you laughed some throughout this throughout this episode but i hope you really start to think about why it is that you might say that i want my boaz or you know i ain't saying boaz well you want your man <laughs> like you keep saying that so what is it that you're looking for you want your husband so well, i ain't get my husband yet Well, that is a question that you can ask God, and he won't. I don't think he's going to be mad at you for asking him that. You don't, you know, be a little respectful, put some respect on it. But, I mean, you can approach God and ask him, you know, how long will it be? What is it going to take? Where is he? But I'm going to tell you now, these steps that I gave you from um, the book of Ruth, will get you there way faster than you sitting around <laughs> praying God bring my, my husband God bring my husband God bring my husband bring my husband because again he's not a genie in a bottle he don't just produce something because we keep on asking for it yeah the Bible said keep asking keep seeking keep knocking but where's your heart Ruth's heart was in the right place. Ruth literally, again, was not looking for a man. Ruth was out there doing the thing that God told her to do in this season. Okay, she was trying to find her way. She was trying to find her way as a new woman of God. Just, you know, I'm gonna do the little bit I can do. She humbled herself. She was like, look, I'm just gonna sit in the cut over here and I'm just gonna wait for these women who are out there. Picking, up, picking that wheat, and I'm going to just wait and I'm going to pick up these scraps afterward. I ain't got no shame in my game. I'm just going to get out here and do this thing. Take care of Naomi. Go back home. It's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. It was in her surrender, her surrenderance. It was in her obedience and her doing what it is that she was supposed to be doing in the season she was supposed to be doing it in that she was able to find her Boaz. Okay. So if you have more questions about this, if you want to talk further about this, if you want another episode about this, reach out. You can definitely email me at Goodbye Heartbreak Hello Purpose. You can leave me a message in the Facebook group, make a post. I'll be so happy to engage with all of you there. And ladies, I love y'all. I really enjoyed doing this episode for y'all and I hope that you enjoyed too. All right. I love you, sis. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Hey sis, listen, if you've been blessed, changed or inspired by this podcast in any way, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. This is the number one way that you can thank me and show support for the show. Also, if this podcast blessed you, don't keep it to yourself. Do a quick share and bless someone else.